Zero hours. Catherine Mather. Ow! Zero hours. Hello and welcome to Zero Hours Podcast with me, Catherine Mather, right up to comedians and creatives about the best of jobs that best and worst jobs you've had to do to get by. Today I'm talking to comedian and writer Fran Bush. Hello. Hi, hello. How are you doing? I am doing all right. Thank you so much for having me. That's all right. Thank you for being uh, being on here. How's, how's the pandemic treating you? Um, I am full of vaccine. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm fully dosed uh nice. my arm is quite sore it's quite hard to do up my bra at the minute I have to yeah. have additional help to do up my bra <laughs> uh, but I quite like it like don't, don't mention that in the pamphlets do they no I am um, I don't know how long I can milk someone else doing my bra up for me mm. um because obviously the it, my arm probably won't hurt tomorrow no. um but I don't know like I've never I've never learned properly how to do up my bra. I always do it at the front and swivel it round. Oh my god, me too! I climb into mine. I just... <laughs> over over the top or over the top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just don't. I wish that I could be sexy enough to do a bra the first time mm. behind my back. No, I, I. You can't see it. There's so many little hooks, like too many little hooks. Yeah. Um, I should get one of those ones that uh, fastens at the front. But yeah. I feel like you might, you might like, um, I'm, I'm quite busty. <laughs> I was trying to find like a word for that. I was like, bosomy? I'm quite bosomy. Bosomtastic. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, my, my, my cup is full. <laughs> um, and <laughs> so, so I feel like if I had one of the, I uh, did up at the front, they might just like, ping up and and kind of smack me in the face the tension feels like it would be at the front yeah and the back um so that's that's the I mean obviously brilliant that I've had a vaccine but also I've yeah. got uh, someone else to do my bra up today and that's <laughs> nice <laughs> so if you can go a week <laughs> I think so it's just really it's really taken its toll on my arm um or I could just get really dexterous and learn yeah. to do it with one hand. Oh my that god! That would also be. That would be. Maybe this is the sign. Maybe this is the moment where I'm like, actually, come on, Fran, <laughs> learn to put a bra on. Because if I go for fittings and stuff, um, I often go for ones where the assistant is in like the room with you. Yeah. And I get really embarrassed in front of them that I don't know how to do up the bra. <laughs> I feel so judged. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a shame that they don't give you tips, right? Yeah, yeah. While you're there. It should but be a lesson at school. It really should, because I just have to go for sports bra now, mm-hmm. because and they look terrible. Uh, truly, <laughs> it's not a sexy item of clothing, is it? But my God, it's comfortable. <laughs> I can climb into it. <laughs> my heart's content. <laughs> You can climb into it. You could climb if you wanted to. I could. <laughs> All the sports, no problem. Yeah. At the drop of a hat, you just you start doing jumping jacks. Yeah, if I've got a run for a bus, it's fine. <laughs> That's great because if I run for a bus, I have to. I like. I mean, I have decent fitted bras, but um, I think over the pandemic, the elastic has gone real, real saggy, and so. Uh, 
yeah one one arm just holding them in place as like a makeshift bra yeah um, and uh so yeah maybe, I think maybe I should have a look at some some sports bras that does sound a lot easier yeah you are basically just uh compressing yourself it's a very tiny top it's just a, a top that is far too small for you that's what sports bras is when you take them off is it like bong? <laughs> yeah we go like that we're free <laughs> light we can see the light <laughs> yeah it's uh but again like I had one uh, the elastic had gun on it and I was like this is I might as well not be wearing this yeah um I have ones that my boyfriend calls my cloth shelf it's like it's not a bra it's a, it's a cloth shelf <laughs> oh <laughs> might you really might as well it is it's doing it's there is no support in that but you just get used to wearing it don't you like actually I put one on before recording this podcast because I was like mm. I just feel more professional and present when I'm wearing a bra yeah um, it'd be a very different podcast if uh, if I wasn't who knows what I talk about <laughs> well yeah although nipping out to the shops and not putting a bra on, what a liberating feeling oh my What's, god do you have a little smile on your face like nobody knows nobody yeah. knows and I feel like she knows <laughs> she doesn't she doesn't care <laughs> no yeah I I love that as well um, and now I'm sort of having to get used to the thought that I am going to have to put underwear on. I am going to, as we hopefully reemerge, I'm going to have to have to get, go back to the old trappings of society. I mean, maybe we don't have to go back to how the old world was. Mm. You know, maybe we can, can create a better world. Yeah, and I'll just I'll hold my boobs if I need to. Mm-hmm. I'll just maybe with one hand each because yeah what are hands if not a, a bra that's attached to our body nature's bra yeah <laughs> <laughs> the bra you're born with <laughs> yeah <laughs> imagine with it, like what did they do before bras what was the imagine mm-hmm. I mean like strap them down in corsets I guess but then before that I don't I don't know yeah just because if you think about like the the Roman and the Greek fashions with the toga on the one shoulder toga yeah how you how that's going to show your bra strap I don't know how you get rid of that yeah you can't (laughs) they're really embarrassing (laughs) I just Stop, stop looking at my bra strap. I'm struggling with typhus. And <laughs> also, I read that in like Roman times, they would uh, get rid of like underarm hair by plucking it, which I cannot, that'd be so painful. No way. I, I mean, I, I did once start to do that on an intimate region of my body, um, um, but gave up very quickly because yeah. for that reason, it's not... It's, it's not sustainable <laughs> no I'd rather be hairy and judged yeah absolutely o- own it yeah own it. absolutely own it <laughs> uh, I mean we should probably get to what the people pay for uh me I pay for it um, <laughs> uh, what what's your worst job been 
Um, so I have I have two. Um, one <laughs> that is sort of I think is such a good. I, I enjoy telling. I enjoy talking about it so much that actually it doesn't feel like my worst job anymore because the, right. the story of it <laughs> is is just so lovely. Um, and then there's the one that like, or oh, when I think about it, I'm I'm back in the basement <laughs> where the job took place. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> um, so the the sort of like the mad one um, is that I used to so I was a sort of out of work actor and to get some bits of bits of money here and there I would um I joined this company I don't really know what you call it like what the role would officially be but it, um big corporations big banks uh, city city people uh they would do these day courses to improve their communication improve their teamwork um a bonding day and so I would be part of their bonding day um now I'm like I'm fairly fairly well trained in lots of things I'm good at communication Uh, I'm sure I really could have helped with their communication skills but the way I helped with them my role in this was um I would sit in the back of an O'Neill's pub right wearing a wedding dress right um, which had been worn by everyone else who did this job on like alternate days and was never washed just this kind of (laughs) like almost you could feel like you could snap it if you bent the fabric because it was it was full it was was full of people's juices (laughs) and um the group of pretty much always men uh, would, via text, get set, uh, come to the pub. They would know to follow this clue that got sent to them. And they'd come to the back of the pub and they had to find me. Um, and uh, when they found me, I had to do a wedding ceremony. I had to get mm-hmm. married to one of them. So, um, and the instruction from the company was always like choose the one that is like the cockiest of all the lads the one that they're all going to get behind so normally the one who was a little bit the biggest jerk um and then bits of this part of the bonding day experience was called the runaway bride right uh so you can guess what happened next potentially uh i uh, when it was his turn to say I do I had to start running um running through the streets of London through Shepherd's Bush um, (laughs) and this man would have to chase me uh until he caught me and there was no instruction really for what happened when he caught me um he would just catch you and then and then they'd go on to the next bit of their experience um and like I tell the story and I'm like this sounds like sort of fun but I did that like multiple times a day being chased by these suited men through the streets of London like Mm -hmm. people that I was running by would get terrified that I was being chased for real yeah Um, and um yeah I I got because I was in an O'Neill's and I wasn't allowed to leave my 
post, I had to take lunch in the O'Neill's and there was no, um, you weren't allowed to bring food in. So you had to buy your food at O'Neill's. And so I would sit in the wedding dress at the back eating an O'Neill's meal, which was basically eclipsed most of the pay that I got for the day. And at the time, because I was like <clears throat> struggling actor, I was like, this is great. Oh my goodness. I'm so lucky to have this job where I'm using my performance skills. I am like, I'm not, um, I haven't like let go of my creativity. I'm still acting and I'm still um, like this, this feels like a role and, and when I'm a big famous actor in the future I'll look back and be like oh you never stopped Francis you never once stopped acting um, and so that was that was one of the characters that I had to play on occasion I did also play um, a teacher yeah. where I had to treat the city boys as if they were 11 year old children and I had to discipline them this was right. in a walkabout pub in Shepherd's Bush yeah um so it was, it was always in these kind of dingy backs of pubs um <laughs> and I had to I had to get the the city boys to line up in order of first of all their intelligence and then how good looking they thought they were and then something else as well um, and then they had to fill their mouth with marshmallows and you know like the game where you put a marshmallow in and you say something then you put another marshmallow in you say something um, and they had to say the name of their company but the amount of men that vomited um, wow. was ex- just just extraordinary uh, so I was basically I was um a monitoring a a vomit monitor essentially (laughs) in character vomit monitor um I would say at least one in three vomited wow is is that from marshmallows yeah just putting so many marshmallows yeah in their mouth and then part swallowing it and then choking uh, and just this pink white uh, eruption oh. emanating from them um, but again I was like I am in character <laughs> I am I'm a teacher in this drama and <laughs> I'm really using my Stanislavski training um, really thinking about like the world and my given circumstances um, but yeah, I think, I mean, I think we got paid about six pounds an hour. Oh my God. Yeah. So real, real bad. Um, but we were really, it was really sold to us that it was really creative and really wonderful. So either, yeah, either I was being chased through the streets by men um, or I was having to ask the poor staff of the walkabout to help me. Uh, mop up vomit <laughs> and like so, make it you know like pubs have a really different smell in the day yeah um, like I don't know why that is but um they do they just smell just mm, musty so like not great to begin with and then um 
on top of that, all of these vomity men. See, I'd rather lose than throw up marshmallows. Call me old fashioned. (laughs) Call me weak. Where's your competitive drive? (laughs) Not at that event. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think they were so, they were so competitive. And like, I think normally they'd had a pint between tasks on this like day of bonding. So by the time they got to me, the marshmallow one was definitely like late in the day um, for me. Um, they were normally quite drunk and um, so I think they pushed themselves maybe further than than, than normally people <laughs> would. Yeah. Oh, bless them. <laughs> <laughs> That's toxic masculinity, that, isn't it? You isn't know, it when, just? when people think that toxic masculinity only affects women, you're like, we're not the ones throwing up to try and prove something to the world no do you think they were like inside they were like I don't want to do this but I can't let the team down everyone's looking at me I've got to put the 44th marshmallow into my mouth probably but like they won't have recognized that train of thought I don't want to seem weak in front of the lads (laughs) push them in (laughs) Throw up as a sweet. <laughs> <laughs> that would make me seem like a man. <laughs> Just yeah. I mean, they they always got like a nice pat on the back afterwards from the rest of their team. Yeah. So maybe it did bond them. Maybe it was they were like, God, trying to think of a, a banker name. What do bankers get called? Clive. Clive. Car. Clive. Head of the. Um, the West Office. I don't know. I don't know what they call it. I don't watch enough banking drama. No, I mean, I don't think it exists, does it? No. <laughs> so dull. But I think um, so. Oh, well, with the um, the wedding dress mm. running away. Did anyone? Did that ever turn nasty? Because that would be excellent if someone got proper twatted in the streets. <laughs> you know what it never it never got nasty but there were a couple of times where I'm like I was probably not anymore but like I was a pretty good runner especially because mm-hmm. they had had a lot of drinks yeah so I was quite um I was quite fast and then there was so there would always be this point where I'm like oh god I've run nearly to the next tube stop and so then I'd have to submit which feels really like oh so I had to be like oh no oh I've I've gotten I've got a stitch and have to like let them catch me um which is yeah it's pretty grisly really I really I really thought I was doing important work at the time but um it's 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 become like a, a nice bad memory, um, yeah. but, but when I think about the smells and the and the 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 sense memory of it is really strong. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean I once lost uh, my shoes in Walkabout Burnley because the floor was so sticky and it was a dolly shoe, uh, and I, I wasn't drunk at the time, 
um it was just <laughs> just just gross so I can imagine what one of those places smells like uh after the crowds have dispersed <laughs> oh, in yeah. the morning yeah and everything is sticky every yeah. single every surface so like if you lean on something if you sit down so you have to just stand slightly apart from, from <laughs> anything don't touch anything and wait yeah like just loads of like waiting for men to come and find me um yeah. which yeah feels I think it was also like run by this team of pretty macho guys yeah um, I don't don't think they had a single woman on their team but I think they hired so all of the performers I think were women so the idea was like come on this away day uh you get to talk to women <laughs> they'll be girls <laughs> you can oh chase God. them <laughs> chase them through the streets of London that does feel very much like a storyline written by a man as well doesn't yes. it it's not mm-hmm. very PC now but if she don't want to marry you just let her go yeah if you love her let her go <laughs> that's what we're told every rom-com um, I think we should, yeah, that's what I should have, maybe that would have been the moment to say that. Unfortunately, actually, I don't think my feminism was quite there at that yeah. point. So, because this was like, when would have this been? I would have just graduated from drama school. So I reckon it was like 2009. Um, and I probably considered myself a feminist, but I probably still would have been like he chases me so he fancies me like so that was yeah. like that um, yeah I don't think I don't I wish I wish I'd been slightly braver and bolder in in those situations and been like no the change of storyline that we're gonna do now is this and um and then also like they could learn something about looking after people in the workplace yeah, they won't run away if they're happy and you pair them properly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's um I think that's it, is it? I think that the more you learn about the world and the more you're exposed to it, the more you're like, hold on a minute, you know, that the ideas that you had in the past were not very feminist. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, I've been treated fine all the time. And it's like, Oh yeah, but you were just at primary school, you know, how <laughs> how many opportunities are there? to be held back uh, you know when you're craning but then <laughs> you know the more jobs you do and stuff the more you like hold on that's yeah there. just like so much of the time you're so grateful to even have a job that you just yeah. there's so much you let slip by and there's so much you just don't question um and yeah so I think I was like it's just so grateful to be working and working as a sort of actor yeah that I just was like yeah this is fine this is completely fine um yeah don't think don't think I told my parents about it though I'm not sure what they would have said about me being chased by men through the streets um can't can't see them have being very impressed with that um no (laughs) my, my only daughter running through the streets yeah might be might be some raised eyebrows yeah <laughs> so how long were you doing that job for um so probably that was probably on and off for a year 
Yeah. Um, I didn't like, it didn't come to a close. I wish it had come to like a dramatic me walking out wearing <laughs> the wedding dress or something. Um, but I think, I think I just, like this is this is not enough money for this yeah once I've done my train fare once I've had my O'Neill sausage and mash uh, and maybe a a half pint or a half coca-cola there's there's none left the money is gone it's mad isn't it we can pay you that little I just love the idea of like one day you just running getting to the next tube station just getting on the tube (laughs) come on dickhead (laughs) Are we playing this game or what? Yeah, we are on. <laughs> and yeah. looking in Enfield. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's been like quite a few jobs I've had where I've learned to hide. So, yeah. like, I, I'm surprised that I didn't, because their job was to find me, I'm surprised I didn't like hide myself out of the way a bit more. So they'd be like, where is she? And then I just could sit there and read a book. Yeah. Um, I remember having a a filing job and they had a really lovely fire escape that I, if I timed it right I could just go and sit on the fire escape and they had a day called bagel Wednesdays so if I timed it really right I could just get a plate full of bagels and go and eat bagels and, and hide on the fire escape because like some businesses are so they're so busy right and people I feel like people's jobs sometimes are just walking around and being like have you seen so-and-so have you seen so-and-so I'll put an email in for so-and-so and you can sort of avoid being found if you do that for long enough you can just be yeah. hidden yeah if you just talk about all the work that you've been doing yeah yeah and people are like, well doing lots of work <laughs> there's a lot of work happening today a lot of work working really hard on all the work it's yeah. really working really working out for me <laughs> Um, just just popping up to accounts for the work and the work you know with the work (laughs) weren't you eating bagels in the stove shut up (laughs) no (laughs) No, no, wiping crumbs from my mouth (laughs) surreptitiously (laughs) oh man so what was your second worst so so that one like I it's got like a a jolly feel to it but like Mm -hmm. the one one that was actually horrendous. <laughs> I, I always think that when I say these out loud, they won't sound so bad, but I can like feel them in my soul. Um, oh. I spent a summer teaching kids to make films. Lovely. I <sighs> like working with children. I like films. Um, what a happy marriage. Really thought it would be perfect for me, but it was the a really hot summer hot 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 summer um and we were in this windowless basement with about 40 kids tiny basement 40 kids that's a lot yeah and I like I normally work with kids who are teenagers Uh but this was like four year olds they were all they were about four and they had very very wealthy parents mm-hmm. um their names were all Tarquin um <laughs> like you it wouldn't be uncommon to see like discount on there when you saw the stuff with the parents like there was like Shit. these were the, the wealthiest wealthiest children lovely um 
but their parents had paid for them, these four to five-year-olds, to learn to make films. Mm -hmm. um, whether or not this child was interested in making films or not. So this is five-year-olds in a basement, mm -hmm. don't want to make films, don't want to be in a basement. Uh, and then you add into the mix, like really expensive cameras. Of course, yeah. <laughs> um, that are just at like the right height for a child to push. Like just yeah. like exactly the same height on a tripod as these children. Mm -hmm. um, and then at the end of the week, so you spend a week trying to teach them to make films in this sweaty, dark basement. Um, the parents come and uh, they want to see, there's like a showing, a sharing. Oh, and um, they, so the expectation on what those kids have produced <laughs> is so high because they've spent, they spent a lot of money. They yeah. want to see like Oscar winning films. And it's not even like, I guess I thought to begin with, they'd be like, oh, they've made a Play-Doh monster. And that is uh, really cute and quaint and charming. But um, like I had parents having a go at me because their son hadn't learned to use the green screen properly. And they were told that their son would leave the week um, green screen proficient. Um, <laughs> at five? Yeah, yeah, right. and, okay. and that they, they would have learned to fully operate a camera um, and that they would learn to like do the, all the focusing and things like that. But these were kids that like, I had to teach them to use cameras, but also like not let them use the cameras. Yeah. Because they were sticky. Uh, the children were sticky. Yeah. Just at all times. Um, and their favorite game was pushing the cameras over. Uh, a notoriously robust piece of equipment as well. Oh, just so I spent the weeks just leaping to save cameras continuously, oh. just always, always jumping to save cameras. And I think I don't know, like I've I've had quite a lot of jobs where there have been um, uh, parents with high expectations. Mm -hmm. um, have taught in a private sixth form college um and some I'm sort of used to the like I've spent an awful lot of money where is my child's a star um, yeah but like this was next level because they were these kids were five and there was just no way so the weeks were held because the kids didn't want to be there mm -hmm. they were everyone was sweating continuously so the room just stank yeah um no natural light the films were bad the cameras got broken um and then at the end guaranteed the parents would, would whatever came out would be disappointed yeah um, and then sometimes if you were lucky you got to go to do a party rather than like do these week long workshops you'd go and do a day thing yeah. um which was like a sort of uh, amazing and awful at the same time 
because she got to go to these like incredible mansions like yeah. the biggest hugest houses in Hampstead um and you got to like that you'd have these moments where you'd be sitting there being like oh imagine if this was my life or oh, I'm just gonna sit at the grand piano for a second <laughs> oh and like the champagne would be flowing and there'd always be this kid who whose birthday it was and like these kids actually like that the birthday kid nearly always did want to make a film right um, which is nice but the kind of kid who is that age and wants to make a film is normally like a little bit of a protege mm-hmm. like slightly hothoused kid yeah. um and you were working for the parents that day basically so whatever this kid wanted you had to to make happen um, yeah. so the amount of like weird montages that these kids would ask for and you'd be like I don't I don't think we can actually physically film that scene <laughs> in the 45 minutes we've got and you'd see the kid's face harden and you'd be like okay no we are going to give that a really <laughs> really great go let's let's go let's do that um I've never seen children wield so much power um and then this there would be this bit of me be like I sort of want to make friends with the parents um, so that I can be invited to this house again yes but they the parents they for very obvious reasons were like why is this party entertainer (laughs) film lady trying to befriend me what has she what has she stolen let's check (laughs) everyone's bags um so yeah that was like they were like two sides to the same job but at least Mm -hmm. when I think about them in my head one has natural light (laughs) and and access to to water um, and the other one does not it's Um, sad that that's not a given isn't it in employment (laughs) but like I am I also used to work at children's birthday parties but it was a soft play centre as opposed to in their house and I think the hardest thing about it particularly because I was like I was doing them so it's out of the home and in a working class area but people are still like I've paid a hundred pounds for this which is a lot of money you know in that context um but you know it you're not working for the well you are working for you're you say you're working for the parents and it's like it doesn't matter how good a time the children are having if the mum isn't happy then you're in trouble and it's it's so strange isn't it that you're it's that child's birthday and that child's having a wonderful time but then you're trying to make the the mum happy because it's her it's it's not her special day but it is her special day and absolutely yeah it's it's completely about them and then they'll want to like they'll want to take photos and you're like no we're still doing the experience right now the experience uh, I and I need to I do need to produce a film by the end of this tiny party so mm-hmm. if we keep stopping for you to take photographs for Instagram then then that's not going to happen and then everyone will be sad you'll be angry with me because I didn't do it in the right time frame <laughs> yeah I'm yeah. just tired of jobs where people feel like they can talk to you like you're rubbish like that is so exhausting and you sort of like part of it is just having to take it 
yeah like you, you can go to like your boss later and be like this person was really out of order but like in the moment when it's like face to face yeah you you have to be like I'm so sorry that you feel this way I will sort it out for you and, yeah. and go and have a secret cry around the corner and then come back out yeah because I can imagine it's it's harder as well when you're in that scenario you're on your own in somebody else's environment so it's not even like it's hard enough when you're in a neutral environment but if you're in their house and you have no backup that's a really intimidating place to be isn't it yeah yeah like I used to try and enjoy it like I used to be like this is a nice day out here I am in lovely Hampstead it's so leafy yeah (laughs) um but you'd always like you'd leave just feeling really sad like exhausted from the job but then just also like why was everyone so mean yeah I think it's that um sort of feeling like they own you because Mm. they've paid you and I know that that is an issue that has come up quite a lot particularly with like performance type Mm. jobs when it's people who maybe don't regularly uh, have access to performance <laughs> who are yeah. like we'll just hire an actor or a comedian or a drag queen and we'll just get them to come and we'll own them for 50 pounds an hour <laughs> so that's oh, not yeah. enough but well yeah. it, it's it's not enough <laughs> one but also that no you don't own they're not slaves <laughs> <laughs> you can't own people no. oh yeah and it's just like every aspect of it like I remember um someone being upset because I hadn't entirely brushed the back of my hair um (laughs) but my hair was like brushed and fine and I I like I just I remember going to the the bathroom in their house and um they had they had so many wonderful soaps I just remember being like gosh they got so this is so lovely and trying to see like the back of my head in their lovely mirror um like there is nothing there's like nothing wrong with my hair um but they clearly had this idea of what they wanted everything to look like like literally no hair out of place um so yeah always 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 left a bit a bit sad and a bit exhausted and then you had to go and edit the films so you had to like watch these children um, and like there was, I remember one group I was teaching and they'd clearly just learned, like one of them had learned the word dick. Um, <laughs> and so every time someone pressed record, they would shout dick. Uh, and then obviously they had just learned the word dick. And then that spread through the <laughs> class very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, and so suddenly, I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure lots of them had no idea what he was talking about. Um, but they knew that if, they said the word dick so like I would be like oh, so they could get a little reaction and so it'd be like uh ca- lights camera action dick 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 and suddenly you've got like 40 kids all jumping in front of the camera being like dick 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 I was like okay this I need to get this footage needs to be deleted now <laughs> <laughs> maybe we can edit some uh, music over the top of it <laughs> yeah that's good it's got like a slightly like remixable quality actually hasn't it so I mean maybe take the track um yeah I uh 
it was just always the fear of what the parents would be like at the end yeah whether or not they would approve and I'm like oh I'm a I'm a grown woman why am I scared of like and a lot of the women were my age so it wasn't even like they were were older than me I didn't feel like looked down on in terms of age but there was just this feeling of like I have bought this you have not turned my son into the director that I wanted him to be I thought he would leave he's very passionate he loves films um and you haven't allowed him to fly (laughs) he's seven but his entire career was resting on this 45 minute session (laughs) we hoped that he would have a showreel at the end of it and he would be (laughs) applying for funding by the end of the week for his first feature yeah he'll never get onto the rather bright young things <laughs> program now it's all right there's always his sister we'll, we'll just encourage her but then sometimes you would you would have that you'd have um like uh you'd have siblings and you'd have one in one class and because there there were there was my workshop in the basement but there were other ones going on in different parts of the building for different yeah. age groups um so sometimes you would see their brother or sister and you'd be like oh yeah <laughs> that's you that you're related yeah okay <laughs> yeah they, they give they give this one more attention <laughs> they like they like this one better oh <laughs> yeah it's really it was really sad um because the kids just they it was clearly the parents dream yeah to make films like that was clearly or like that was their dream for their kids but actually I think mostly it felt like it was the parents dream they love movies they watch movies with their kid all the time but then when you were like chatting to the kids they were like I hate movies no (laughs) yeah I'm four yeah exactly (laughs) um and I think I knew some of the people that were teaching the older kids and they'd come back and they'd be like, we had this amazing discussion about <laughs> neo-modernist uh, cinema and uh, the rise, uh, the impact of the rise of the digital camera on the, the yada yada. And I'd be like, oh, we just, we just broke the second camera of the week. <laughs> um, someone's put the lens in their mouth. Um, <laughs> yeah, but they'd always get like one kid who really wanted to do it. Yeah, one kid who was like and so you'd spend quite a lot of that time protecting that kid because you'd be like okay you want to make a film we're going to make a film happen for you yeah Um, because otherwise uh, like all hell really would break out yeah I think particularly at that age so young it's essentially just daycare isn't it because how can you get and it a child to focus that long on one thing mm. and they shouldn't have to and it's I suppose it's like uh it, it, stealing a bit of their childhood isn't it expecting a child to uh, yeah. I'm not saying that you personally stole all of those <laughs> children's childhood no no I've got them I've got them all all yeah. of their childhood no, 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 no. <laughs> bags of them um yeah oh god that sounded a bit dark didn't it bags of children's ch- no um <laughs> Yeah, parents I, expecting it from them it's a bit much isn't it yeah like 
the, the day, so for the week long workshops, the days were 10 till five, which is like really long Ooh. for a kid anyway. Yeah. So at least the, the parties were at least short. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the week long ones, oh boy, they dragged on. Um, and you were meant to like play games with them at sort of at the start but the space wasn't, it wasn't big enough for like anyone to run around. Um, When I think about it, it's honestly like, oh, I I feel like I'm in the, I'm back in, I do feel like I'm back in the basement. (laughs) No, oh my God, how, how did I do that? And I have not worked with young kids since. No. That was it for me. <laughs> I have had my fill. <laughs> yeah, completely. Yeah. How long were you doing that for then? So that was for a summer. Oh, okay. At least um, you had an out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a long summer, but it was, um, yeah, that they did ask if I wanted to come back. And I don't think I ever replied <laughs> to their emails. But I tell you what, I mean, the money wasn't, good for what it was but it was okay pay like yeah in terms of being paid for a, a day of work it was fine but in terms of what you actually had to do it was not yeah. fine um, no and that's uh I think that's difficult isn't it when you read a job description and you're like sure I can do that and the money seems reasonable what I've been asked to do and then you arrive and it is not that like I had a man on Twitter have a go at me because he was like well if you don't want to be underpaid you knew the job when you went for it and I'm like Uh, I did read the job description yes (laughs) however (laughs) you know you don't know what the the environment is going to you don't know it's going to be in a basement they don't put on the job description (laughs) you have a basement room that isn't big enough for the 40 children you've got to run around and let off energy before yeah, you try and get them to concentrate unventilated no sunlight um like not easy access to a bathroom but also you're not allowed to leave the kids on their own at any point so you can't really take kids to the bathroom unless you have another adult in the room so always like balancing yeah like, uh, you can go to the bathroom but you have to wait until such time as someone descends yeah to the basement <laughs> that uh, could be any time <laughs> and infants are notoriously good at holding uh yeah. wheeze. <laughs> really skilled really yeah. skilled infants <laughs> <laughs> all right so I think I mean we should probably mention end on a on a good note what is mm-hmm. what's your favorite job been what's your best job been um yes so I I mean, I was a I was a teacher for years, yeah. um, and I I mean, teaching is really difficult um, yeah. and exhausting, and um, I, f- I found it I'd like I guess like it, I I always in my head teaching was sort of my bar job, yeah. like so but teaching should never be it can't be a bar job because you are responsible for the futures of uh, many many young people um but in terms of like 
I didn't realize quite how much stability was important to me, like seeing the same people every day mm-hmm. and um, having an infrastructure and having regular pay um, and kind of, mm, I mean, the thing is you get paid for your holidays. I'm saying all this stuff, but you get paid for your holidays. Yeah. Um, so whilst it was really difficult and um, I dealt with parents who were like, I don't think the reason my child is failing is because they're not working hard. I think it's because they're a Capricorn, um, <laughs> which I, I just, I don't know what you're meant to say to that. No. Um, but I did, I got, I got, um, I got nice pay. I got paid for my holidays. I taught drama. So if I wanted to go and see a play, I could just organize a trip. Yeah, nice. We saw, we saw a lot of theatre. <laughs> I was like this one and this one. And uh, if I needed play texts, I could order play texts for the, the school, but I could also read them. Um, and I, so I, yeah, I think in terms of like, feeling the most settled even though it was I mean I definitely burnt out whilst teaching a Mm -hmm. lot because I was teaching like nine till six and then I was going and doing a gig at seven or a rehearsal from like seven till ten so I was a shell of a human but um it did make me realize like how important lots of those things are for like looking after a team of people um and it was it was it was pretty it was pretty rewarding I think um yeah I as teaching jobs go it was not bad like I one year I just had two kids in a class um, which when one of them was ill was horrendous because you'd be like well shall we do monologues <laughs> um but it was like t- tiny class sizes um mostly like really nice kids um and yeah I felt quite looked after I think that's good that's really important isn't it yeah and um, yeah. what age group was it that you were teaching um so I taught that so that was sixth form so and a bit of year 10 and 11 so like exam years um I did teach a broader range before that um I had this one year nine parents evening and I this school like it was so big I taught so so many kids um and they I so maybe like five year nine classes of 30 kids so that's 150 kids is that 150 kids something like that yeah yeah (laughs) um and so I'd have like parents evenings where a kid would sit in front of me and because they wouldn't stick to their time slot of course um, yeah so like a a kid and their parent would sit down in front of me and I'd be like I have no idea who this child is and I don't feel like I can extensively look through my notes because I don't yeah. want them 
to know <laughs> that I don't know. So you'd end up just saying this real middle ground stuff where you're like, they could do better, but they are doing very well. Um, <laughs> Uh, which makes me think about when I was at parents' evenings and I'm like, that's what they said about me. <laughs> Hang on a minute. <laughs> yeah. Cause I like um I I guess like you remember the you often remember the kids who are doing really, really, really well, or you remember the kids who are like, oh, you are really a, a pain yeah. and this making this job difficult. Um and there is probably this, it's really sad. There's like this group in the middle that probably do just go slightly under the radar yeah. um, when you're teaching so many kids. Um, so yeah, when I, when I went to my next teaching job, like the classes were tiny and that was like, I was like, I know, I know all of you and I know like a bit about you and I know best how to teach you and what you respond to. Um, so I think I mean, if I am ever not a comedian or a writer, which, you know, it's a precarious job, yeah. uh, I am glad that I have that to go back to, um, or I have, I have a teaching certificate, so hopefully I'd be able to teach any, anywhere in the world. Maybe. I haven't looked into that. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I'm not sure either. <laughs> I'm just going like, to turn up with my PGCE certificate being like, global education systems. <laughs> I am Fran Bush and I have a certificate of education. And they'll be like, no, you need to retrain and you need to do all these exams in, in these exam structures here. Oh, it's really arrogant isn't it me being like yeah. everyone will want me the Antarctic will want me the, <laughs> the people that learn at sea will want me um yeah I uh I, I should look into that but it's, it's a transferable it's, skill right yeah <laughs> yeah but it was it was a nice it was a nice job it had uh also what I want it had stability oh yeah. that's a, that's a nice one yeah I, I recently found that as I got uh, in the last year because of the pandemic lost like three jobs uh, all zero hours and then had to had to get a nine to five and I hadn't realized how much of the stress and anxiety and horrible feelings that I were feeling were just from not knowing how much I was going to get paid mm. battling for hours trying to like get your diary working with gigs and shifts and it's just just knowing I'm going to get paid this much on this mm. day and this is when I've got to be at work and this is when I can be at home it's just it yeah it shouldn't be so out there yeah like I I love my job and I love the work I do but I think one of the main things I realized is I like I find it really hard to switch off because yeah there aren't there aren't those hours I'm not like well I'm going to teach today I start at nine I finish at six maybe there's a parents evening or something in the evening but like I know whereas now I'm like well I suppose I should be creating something yeah. at all times um yeah there's no like or like suddenly something will like crop up and you have to 
cancel something else or I yeah I I love it I love it I love it and um but I think maybe like some of the spontaneity of it oh not sporadically sporadicallyness what do I like the now and againness of it yeah um, <laughs> just always leaves you slightly on edge <laughs> yeah it's uh I suppose that's just being self-employed isn't it and yeah the, uh, the horror that goes up particularly in a pandemic when they're like oh yeah self-employed people we should probably oh. provide something for them will a yeah. tenner do how about 20 oh we'll give God. it you in three months it's, it's so it's so hard because I was I was PAYE um I didn't have enough tax returns to qualify for a lot of the oh, no. funding it's just like how how have they let so many people fall through the cracks? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just look look after people. Look after them. Yeah. It's really not that. Well, it shouldn't be that hard. Yeah. <laughs> Should it? Keep them. Keep them happy. Look after them. Ah. Oh, what? What? Make dentists free. Yeah. This That's is my. Yeah. I, I um. I've got a wisdom tooth and it I'm like oh no I'm gonna need to take that to a dentist but I'm like I don't know how that is going to cost an an amount of money I don't and I don't know how much that will be so like oh I'm walking in there and I know they might they're probably gonna have to take out my wisdom tooth yeah probably but I I have to pay them to do it and that just seems really unfair (laughs) Yeah, I had mine out maybe about four years ago because I woke up and my entire face and neck was just like ballooned. And my friend who was a dentist in America, but not over here because we have to pass a different set of exams, uh, I think just for financial reasons. Uh, She uh, she was like, come to the dental surgery. I got it. It was a hundred pounds for mates rates. Uh, but she used to, I mean, we she'd just look into our mouths uh, in the pub. <laughs> um, and, you know, like that was my dental, you know, uh, checkups for about two years. So I need to get a friend who's a dentist. Yes. And mm. willing to look into your mouth at the pub. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Because because probably not all of them are. Probably some of them are like, no, I draw the line. My work hours are my work hours. Yeah. Does your friend like? Does, do they really love teeth? Are they um, passionate about teeth? I don't think she cares that much, really. I think uh, it was a steady job that was available to her. Um, but I suppose that will be like people being like, oh, can you just write us this piece? for free (laughs) no (laughs) yeah that's true and yeah I mean I guess maybe dentists it feels a little more like the stakes are a bit higher Mm -hmm. um my whole face is swollen up please please help my swollen face yeah probably if you don't write them any jokes their face won't swell up maybe it would maybe it would (laughs) I've heard it happen (laughs) please please look over this um this best man speech and put some jokes in it or or my entire face will fall off yeah and do you want that on your conscience I don't want that on my conscience no I won't be able to sleep (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I think that that's pretty much our time. It has been a pleasure to have you. Um, you Is there anything that you would like to to plug? Sure. Um, I have a book coming out, came out. It will be out now. Yeah, it'll be well out. It will be well out. It will be well out. (laughs) Because time, that's that's what happens with time. It moves. And it's <laughs> called uh, My Broken Vagina. And it's about how when I turned 30, I realized I wasn't enjoying sex at all. And I went on a sort of quest to, to fix it and ended up going to a sex camp. Um, and I'm also bringing my show Ad Libido to Soho Theatre in August. Uh, end of August and early September Um, and I'm at Fran Bush on all of the social medias and my bush has an E on the end of it Um, (laughs) there there is someone without an E and they get a lot of strange things uh, that I think I think are meant for me but it's hard who knows maybe not (laughs) you can can tell (laughs) I mean their surname is also bush so maybe I I mean maybe Maybe it is meant for them. Yeah. And I, I'm just presuming it's meant for me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they are you. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I've got my ticket for Adabida in September. Yeah. Uh, I thought I really enjoyed that show. I, I, I feel like uh, it was one of those where afterwards I, I saw it and then had to sort of take them on because it spoke to me. And I think that every... Uh, on the entry to, like, a high school everyone should have to see that show and then <laughs> be like here is a copy of Sarah Pascoe's Animals oh, yeah. uh, here is <laughs> this wonderful show now you understand and I feel yeah. like it's um it's really sad that you know we, we're sort of sending girls and boys out with you know ridiculous ideas uh, mm. about sex and you know what it is and then you know you end up spending sort of 10 plus years undoing all of that crap yeah just imagine <laughs> if we'd known imagine imagine yeah oh just so I mean some of it makes very funny stories but also it would have been nice to, to have had a nice time yeah exactly <laughs> overall I'd say <laughs> yes <laughs> that would be better so yeah, I think um, and I, I haven't managed to start reading your book yet, but I, I will by the time this has gone out. <laughs> some people have sent me pictures of um, them putting earmarks in my book, and I think they think it's going to annoy me, like that I maybe seem like the kind of person that wouldn't like an earmark in a book. And I'm like, what do you think of me? I'm just happy that you're reading it. Yeah. Also, maybe use a bookmark. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh god, I hate oh I hate when you lend somebody a book and then they give it back and they've they've folded the pages and you like do that to your own property but not to mount you bastard. Oh yeah. I think at that point I would I would just try and get them a new copy of the book. If I if it looks mm-hmm. worn, um I would just be like, okay, I'm just gonna when I have the money, I will I will keep this book and I will because I am ashamed. <laughs> yeah. And those people are never ashamed and they should be. <laughs> they should be. I don't know if they can see it. I think maybe because they treat their books like that, they don't see the damage. Yeah, bastards. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it has been a pleasure. Uh, take care.